Welcome to Will's Personal Development Podcast, where we bring you data and science-backed answers and advice from billionaires. What's up, everyone? It's Will here, and today we're going to be sharing how you can study more effectively inside and outside of school. Now, some of you, before you leave, some of you might be wondering, well, I'm out, out of school now. Why should I worry about studying more effectively? Well, this is a different and new way of mastering studying that is useful even outside of school. You see, a lot of people had bad teachers or bad education system. And of course, you should never blame anyone else if you want to succeed in life because excuses really don't get you to where you want to get. You're just sitting there complaining. But having said that, there is some truth to the fact that uh, some people just never really succeeded in school because they didn't understand uh, the secret ways of hacking the system and uh, applying that to their life as well. And even if you're outside of school, you'll notice that the most successful people in life, they understand this concept because they apply their studying habits to the rest of their life. They're lifelong learners. They don't just stop studying when they get out of school. And that's how they get ahead. When most people at the age of early 20s graduate from college or grad school, they think that it's over. They shut down. They don't improve or learn anymore. And it costs them. It costs them because for the next 40 to 60 years of their life, they go in and out of life doing the same exact things every single day without trying to improve or get better. And compare that to the successful people who every day they're still learning and studying and improving over a course of a lifetime that makes a world of difference. No wonder some people are super successful and others kind of fail. I see this all the time uh, when I go about my day-to-day uh life. Uh, For example, I'll see people uh, who have pretty average jobs as janitors or as maintenance repair people. And I've even had previous jobs that I worked full time where I interacted with a lot of these server workers or people who just worked service jobs, whether it was as a waiter or food attendant or, you get the idea, cashier or dishwasher. A lot of these people were pretty smart, but they never sought to improve on a day-to-day basis. You could just tell when you talk to them by their behaviors, by how they thought, by their actions. Very quickly, in fact, at least I could, that they... They had locked it in. They checked out from their life, really. And they just kind of go through the same motions every single day. Perhaps someone told them, maybe it was the school system, maybe they just assumed, but they thought that, you know, your life is just how it is and you can't really improve. And, you know, some people luck out in life and some people don't. And that's just how it is. And, and, you know, There's no point, so I'm just going to keep doing the same job every single day, day in and day out. I'm going to keep, you know, serving food, and that's it. That's going to be my life. And I used to think like that. 
when I was younger, I would say maybe it was, it's been about six years now, six or seven years when it really first started. Uh, back then, I think that if you had asked me, I would have thought that, I would have told you that, you know, some people are just luckier in life. Um, I used to think that dating was just something that you couldn't improve. Like you either had it or you didn't. And my life changed when I realized this new opportunity. I remember it really well. Uh, about six or seven years ago, I was on the internet and I stumbled across all this dating advice online. Um, uh, and it was, it was mind blowing because I thought that you were just kind of screwed. Like if you were bad with women, you were bad with women and you couldn't change that. And it changed my whole view on things because all of a sudden there's all these tips like you can compliment a girl, you can, you know, work on your physique, you can go to the gym and, and get stronger and look better, you could become funny and if you're funnier, girls will like you more or if you show that you actually care about this girl and you take time to be considerate and do thoughtful things, they'll like you better and if you, you know, socially intelligent and all these things, I'm like, my mind was blown. But back then, of course, the tips were simpler because it was a uh, simpler time on the internet and there's less content and advice out there so it was just like generic stuff like oh compliment the girl but it still blew my mind and it changed my world and then a few years later uh, I stumbled across a few audiobooks on YouTube about personal finance and all of a sudden my mind was blown yet again because I thought I realized you can't you don't just you know some don't some people don't just become rich and some people don't. It's not like you're screwed from birth. You can actually change your circumstances and become wealthier too. I remember it like it was yesterday. There's a few books and lectures I, I remembered uh, stumbling across that I consumed and it just changed my world. And it was my first introduction into personal development and personal finance. And I think one of those books was The Millionaire Next Door. Another was The Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. And then there was a few lectures by Warren Buffett. Now, were they the best books in the world? David Bach's book wasn't that good, but it introduced me to this idea. And it changed my whole world because I was like, are you telling me I can do this? Uh, David Bach's book especially because uh, his whole premise was that, hey, I, I spent 20 years of my life as you know this financial advisor. And then one day like I met this couple and they didn't earn a lot of money, but they were millionaires. They both earned barely $50,000 a year. How did they do it? Well, it was because they understood money and managing it and saving and investing it properly. And my mind was blown. And because I think what it really was, was it provided me hope. It provided me the hope that I could actually do something about my situation. And before that, I think... You know, in a kind of screwed up way, uh, losing hope or not having hope is also a bit of freedom because you can kind of just resign yourself to your mediocre life, uh, but you're still kind of happy about it because you know there's nothing you can change. Uh, there, it's kind of a double-edged sword with hope, uh, to be honest. Like part of it's like you have this hope, but also now there's this struggle because you know it's possible, but it's so hard to get there. 
nonetheless, I was so excited, and of course, I'm still on this journey many years later. Uh, I'm not a millionaire yet, of course. It takes time and patience and hard work. And a lot of other areas of my life, dating and everything else, still uh, could be improved tremendously. But every day I just celebrate those small wins. I think that's really important because, again, you can beat yourself up over this. And that brings me back to studying effectively. Uh, learning how to study effectively at school and outside of school and actually applying that knowledge, I think is really important. Some people might be like, well, who cares about school? A lot of these entrepreneurs, they failed school and they did well. If you don't know that, now you do. I study a lot of successful entrepreneurs. And if you don't believe me, I'll give you a few examples off the top of my head for you to look up because some of these people, you're probably like, okay, give me some specific examples or else I don't trust you. Well, there's Russell Brunson. He, he runs a eight figure online business called ClickFunnels. He has his own podcast called Marketing in Your Car, and he mentions numerous times that he had like a 2.0 in school. Then there's the book Rework by Jason Fried. He runs uh equally successful uh, tech company called Basecamp. He wrote a book called Rework with his co-founders, and he's also mentioned that he didn't do well and that a lot of the people he hires – he doesn't look at what school they went to, whether it's an Ivy League or it isn't, because uh, more people from state universities run Fortune 500 companies compared to Ivy League schools. So um, while that is true, there's a bunch of th- people. Robert Kiyosaki, he wrote a whole book on the topic. He says why the book was titled Why A Students End Up Working for C Students. Um But I want to introduce you a new way of studying that will help you succeed beyond school. Because there's a few different groups of people who might listen to this podcast. There's the group who were the Asian nerds like me, whether they're Indian or Asian. I see, I I know hundreds of people like this in real life. They're, They're so good in school, but after school, they only end up achieving what I consider like a mediocre, it's not bad, but it's a like a modest to slightly above average standing in life, which is still like better than 99% of the world, but far from their potential. Uh, and I, I'm talking like doctors and engineers, like you make six figures, but it's far from, you know, millions of dollars or like a high impact that I believe that they have the potential to make. And I think the reason is, is because they conform too much to, um, standard ways of studying and academics and pleasing their parents. So I'm going to address this group with this new way of studying I want to unveil to you. But there's another group of listeners to my podcast, and you may fall under this group too. Uh, this is the group who are out, out of school already. And you might have failed in school, and you might ascribe to this whole idea that, oh, school is for the, the weak. I'm like Gary Vaynerchuk, who bombed school and got straight D's in school. And I don't see why you should care about studying or mastering school. Uh, I want to help this group as well, because first off, I'm going to address it right now. Whether or not you think school is important to life success, there is some correlation there. I don't think, I definitely think you can succeed as I've mentioned with all these examples, even if you fail school, but 
it's a lot harder. You're putting a lot more stress and obstacles on your child to overcome unnecessarily your child, your future children or your current children because let's just face it. If you try to apply to any job and you flunked out of high school and you had straight D's and your employer asked you, what was your grade point average? Why did you flunk out of high school? You're darn tootin' going to do worse than your competitor who's applying to the same job and he graduated from Harvard. Now, I am kind of in the middle. I disagree with those, uh, especially the Asian crowd, uh, the you know, high up academic crowd who, who really believe that schooling is everything. I've seen a lot of academic successes also fail. Uh, in fact, Tim Ferriss, uh, he's mentioned numerous times in his podcasts and books about how when he was starting out, he worked at a startup and one of his co-workers graduated from some like really well-known school. I believe it was Harvard, the top Ivy League school. And he couldn't hold down a job. He worked this like data entry job for many, many years after graduating and it barely paid. So clearly there's some distinction here. Some people really don't know how to transition effectively out of school um, and they bank too much on a outdated form of studying or hacking the academic system without being able to apply the same system uh, to real life. And because of that, you know, they did well in Harvard. But how long, how far is that really going to take you? Like, you can only brag about going to Harvard for so long before it gets old and you're 50 years old and you you still can't hold down a job that barely pays. You know, that's why I think a lot of ways life is a long game. Of course, there's plenty of people who do well in Harvard, but plenty who could do better and let their Ivy League credentials overshadow them and they lean on it like a crutch and they don't achieve their potential. So what I'm going to share with you is a new system of studying effectively that can be applied immediately. You can start seeing results fairly quickly. Of course, the biggest results will be long-term, uh, years down the line, but you'll see quick results almost immediately from the first few seconds you apply it. And on top of that, you know, once you do that, you you can start trusting me a bit more when you realize it, this actually works. And the best part is, as I mentioned, it's applicable and useful to hacking school and once you get out of school and you can apply this uh, new effective way of studying to when you have a real job or when you're running a company so let's just get to it the first thing the first part of this system is very simple again it doesn't have to be complicated complicated systems aren't always better just because it's complicated doesn't mean it's so great, as many people try and convince you otherwise. The first step is get as much as you can around the people who are doing the best in the system. So when I was in school, this was the precursor that uh, was the foundation for everything. It was the one thing, the first big thing I did the probably the biggest that made the biggest difference in school and outside of school to give you a quick 
premise. And I've gone into more detail about my story on this in my YouTube videos. You can go to youtube.com slash will you laugh and search it up. There's a video on getting straight A's and I go more into the story. But uh, long story short, uh, there was a point in my life and this might be surprising because I'm Asian and most Asians I know, and there's the stereotypes exist for a reason. Most Asians do really well in school, but I did poorly in school. There's this one point where I was just really bad and it wasn't because I, I lacked trying. I really wanted to actually please my parents and more importantly than that, become successful. And one of the things you have to do to do that is you kind of have to throw away the beliefs that society and your parents throw on you because sometimes they aren't true. Uh, and so for me at that time, the belief was, which wasn't true, that to succeed in real life, you had to succeed in college, in, in high school, in middle school. And I was trying so hard. I was juggling so many things. I was... Uh, practicing piano for many hours on a daily basis, uh, juggling all these school activities, but I was not doing well in school. I, for the first time in my life, I was getting C's and D's. And the reason was be really because uh, I had tried for so long to get into the highest tier classes. We called them gifted and talented classes. And essentially, the smartest people were in them and you were taking material that was a few grade levels above normal. And to my parents, this was the holy grail. And so every year, they would push me so hard to take these tests to try and get in. And I would try so hard and every year I wouldn't. And then one year, I finally did it. And for some reason, the stars aligned and... I got into every gifted and talented. I passed on all the tests. And the problem was, all of a sudden, my workload and the complexity of my classes got three times harder. And I couldn't deal with it. It was too much for me. I didn't know how to juggle all these things and compete with all these people. And I wasn't used to that level of homework load. And I wasn't used to how to deal with that. So I just shut down and essentially I got the worst grades ever. For the first time in my life, it was a very sharky, dark play period. And I bring that up um, because I want to kind of give you some premise. I don't want you to think that, oh, Will is just the guy who was always smart, always gifted, and was just great at studying and doing well, like all the other Asian kids out there who seem to be just naturally gifted. I, I can't relate to that. That was not the case. Uh, like all stereotypes, there are people who don't conform to the stereotype. Uh, and there are dumb or unsuccessful Asians out there as well. It's also kind of funny. I think that's a cool stereotype to have, that we're smart. It's a positive stereotype in a way. But anyhow, there I was failing, doing really badly. And this went on for months and months and months and months. And of course, uh, I just felt horrible. I, it wasn't like I wasn't trying, but it was 
really bad on numerous cylinders because of the results. Uh, not just for me, but for my parents. Everyone was just like completely devastated, disappointed, and it felt like I was a failure in a way. Obviously, looking back, I don't conform to those beliefs anymore. And if I could relive that time of my life with the new beliefs I've adopted and learned, I wouldn't think like that. Obviously, I'm not a failure because of that. Uh, I should never think of myself as a failure because of any of that, as long as I'm putting in the effort and, and really trying and testing out new things. Um, that should be rewarded beyond any of that. And, you know, for further reading on these mindsets and the science behind them and proof that they are successful from a scientific standpoint and better for you, I recommend the book Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. It's a great book. And of course, I have a very comprehensive article coming up on my blog, willyoulaugh.com, that will cover uh, that book. And on top of that, uh, I even have like a exclusive from the author of herself, Carol Dweck. Her book was so popular, in fact, that it was recommended by Bill Gates. So the story continues. I'm doing really badly and I've just given up. At one point, I just shut down. I resort to video games. I even, I stopped trying with all my homework. And this went on for a few years. And then one day, out of pure luck, I sat next to someone on my school bus. And he was very interesting. He was very enthusiastic about school. He did really well in school. And for the first few months, it was just like cool chatting with him. But then I, it was very gradual. I decided gradually over time, I'm going to start hanging out more with him. And it made all the difference in the world. Um, it was almost like I didn't even change anything consciously. I just started hanging around him more and things started changing for me. It was almost symbiotic in a way. It was almost like subconscious. Uh, looking back, it was more than that. I think I started absorbing his beliefs, his behaviors, his enthusiasm for school. He would even say stuff like, oh my goodness, I I should have just stayed after for five more minutes and gotten the extra credit and then I would have gotten a 99% out of, instead of 97%. Both were A's in the class, but you know, um, he had a sense of enthusiasm towards schooling that really helped. Uh, in fact, I, I don't think he actually said that specifically. Um, he was also very uh, methodical about school. So he wouldn't, as long as you got the A, he didn't matter if it was a 93 or 97% because it looked the same on the report card either way. And it was wasted energy. He could have diverted to other activities uh, and pushed up to get an A. And colleges wouldn't be able to tell the difference anyways. Either way, as once the quarter for school ended, you still would have it still would have looked the same. So he wouldn't care or stress if it was a 93 or 97. Of course, again, it depends on your grading system. Some schools, uh, it does matter and it does um, show up. So long story short, I hung around this kid and it just gradually over the course of an entire year, it changed my behavior. And all of a sudden, 
I started thinking different. I started analyzing grades differently. I started seeing homework as not this chore, which I always did. Um, and it was tough because I remember this one math teacher who I really liked, but every time he would come around to check homework, he would give me this disappointed look because he knew I didn't do the homework. And I really wanted to like, you know, make him feel better, but I had just checked out at that point. And it was only until the next grade level. Um, so I didn't get to, you know, change it for him, but moving on from there for the next teacher I had, things started changing. I started seeing homework as not these like, um, chores that you had to do and that you would just put off, but as the lowest hanging fruit to boost up your grades the easiest way possible. That's because that's how my friend viewed it. Uh, homework is literally this way where they literally give you all the time in the world to look up the answers uh, on your own. And all you have to do is just fill it out and turn it in and you get all the points to boost up your grade. It's like free points really to boost your grade. And I started changing all these different things about me from the fact that I would put off my homework until the very end of the night. And then if I really had a willpower left, maybe I'd do some of it. Completely switched around. In fact, I started doing homework as soon as I got home because then I would make sure I got all of it done uh, because it was so important that I got those points in. And usually I would finish up in staggeringly light speed time. Uh, even before dinner. And I had the whole night to do what I wanted. And it was just like, wow. Of course, I also had other activities like uh, piano and sports. But nonetheless, it changed my productivity habits. Uh, and of course, th the most amazing part was that it all happened quite organically. Of course, uh, I think later in life, you want to use the same processes in the real world with a few tweaks. Um, find people that really are doing well. They're getting promoted. They're getting raises. They're doing, they're making a lot of money. They run companies and hang around them virtually or online. And, uh, you'll see certain themes, similar themes pop up. Uh, find people who really understand how they hack the system in a way where they understand where you get the biggest bang for your buck and not waste your time on needless stuff. Uh, I do this virtually and in real life. Virtually is obviously a lot easier for me. I do this through podcasts. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, eventual millionaire because they interview millionaires, listen to addicted to success, founder mag, a pro blogger because I run a blog and all these people are really successful at what they do. Pro blogger, the, the podcast host of pro blogger, he runs like a seven or eight figure blog, I believe. So he knows what he's doing from a blogging standpoint. And then a venture millionaire, like you get a new millionaire every week telling him, telling you exactly how they think, how they prioritize, how they earn money. Obviously that's going to ripple down towards earning money. Now I later in life, I, I learned that this alone isn't going to solve everything. Like it helps, but you know, it's not going to make you a star student or high performer outside of school on its own. Uh, one of the big reasons is because 
knowledge, if you don't quickly turn it into action, uh, doesn't do anything. It's just potential power until you turn it into real action. And that's one of the huge problems uh, with, you know, just learning from other people. Like you can do it and do it and do it. And like sometimes I would hear my friend, um, I was still pretty good at like uh, listening and taking action, but sometimes I would still just like hear him say like, oh, I'm going to do these flashcards at home. And I'm just like, nah, I don't want to do it. And I wouldn't. And I would fall behind because of that. Uh, so the next step is baby step action sequence. So what this means is it's just a fancy term I made up for just doing one tiny thing that's so unintimidating yet useful for moving you forward and t- taking action on the advice you learn. So an example would be uh, like, let's say you learn from someone in real life. Let's say it's a millionaire entrepreneur that you want to be like. That's he tends to do this in the morning. He eats bananas, then he does 10 push-ups, and then he writes this all these goals down on a journal. That might be overwhelming for you just to get started, and it will stop you from even getting started. So I really want to start taking action. So rather than trying to this is something Will Smith taught me, rather than trying to build an entire brick wall and try and make it the biggest, best wall. You just build that first brick and you just make that first brick the best that you can make it. And it's so small of a task that you can't help but not do it. And there's even a, uh, I think he's from Stanford. It's one of the big Ivy Leagues. There's a Stanford psychologist, his name is BJ Fogg, and he does research on habit formation. And this is something he's found as the key to forming habits, these tiny habits. So, uh, he confirm, affirms this as well. He has this whole free online program called Tiny Habits, which you can find online. And it, he just walks through this whole process that he's spent years and years researching, and it's been very effective in forming habits and forming action-based sequences. So uh, w- when you want to form those study habits or life habits, do the same thing. So it might just be one push-up. And or it might just be writing one sentence down on notepad. And then once that's very firmly established, then you can ramp it up slowly but surely. Uh, for me, I use this for exercise and other forms of, uh, you know, life improvement. And it worked. It worked really well. Um, but the key was to be very slow with ramping it up. Even if it just means one push up a night for a whole month before you decided to you know, bump it up to two push-ups. Now, there's more to this uh, studying effectively uh, habit. So just to recap, hang around the right people. The next part is um, building into action with these tiny habits. And then the third thing would be forming some type of writing habit down. Now, you might be like, I don't like writing it. Well, you can also type it. What I want you to do is to record it in some form or other. Uh, you can even, if you're really lazy, you can speak it to a microphone and then use Google's uh, voice-to-text feature. It's a very simple feature. You just go to Google Docs and there's literally a button you push 
and it just says go and you start talking and it'll turn it into words in a Google document for you. But whatever you have to do to get this material that you've learned in class or outside of class in the real world into a written form or somehow, it's going to be very useful to you. Now, I recommend writing it down or really actually you know, recording it with your actual hand because it burns it further into your brain than if you were to type it because it requires more effort and concentration. So that's what I recommend. Uh, having said that, I did provide some other options that aren't as recommended or aren't as useful. If you really just hate writing, uh, there are different paths to a solution. Now, the point of this is to really... oh basically hone into your um, writing ability so that you can retain what you learned. Retaining it is huge. And I think the whole premise for this tactic to succeed is understanding the importance of learning for long-term success versus learning for hacking the system. Now, we're all for hacking the system and so forth, but sometimes to hack the system in the long term and be the most successful in the long term, you can't use short-sighted techniques that only get you ahead for a short time period. Uh, now, here's a great example. I was reading in Tim Ferriss' book how he tried out, uh, it was his book, 4-Hour Chef. He said he used drugs to boost his short-term memory so that he could memorize instantly hundreds of pages of a foreign language and then ace the text test uh, five minutes later. Now, he cast aside that tactic because I guess it was drug-inducing and he didn't want to partake in drugs. But I completely disagree with that tactic for the longer-term picture, which is that it's not how you're going to succeed in life. Uh, when I was young, back in middle school, this was years ago, I caught an Indian classmate. She was a female, blatantly lying. So the teacher said, if I accidentally, you know, graded your test wrong, bring it up to me and I'll give you the points back. She erased her wrong answers and put the right answers. And it set me off on this very angry you know, thought journey where I just reflected for a long, long time, many days on like what's right and wrong. And I just thought like, how is this? This isn't fair. Like, how could she do that? And then I try to rationalize to myself, well, she won't succeed in the real world because frustrated because I thought, what if she gets away with this all the way up until she becomes a doctor? And I thought it was just unjust and maybe she was going to get away with cheating her whole life. Uh, luckily, I held to my guns. And as I got closer to the real world, I realized you can't. You can't do these short-sighted things because what matters most is actually having the knowledge to do this. So um, whether you're doing homework or you're studying for a test, you have to emphasize actually learning that material for the long term. A lot of students fail because they try these short-sighted techniques where 
they learn something and forget it instantly right afterwards. And the problem with that is you screw up, you fail. Um, I think for some classes, they really don't apply to the real world. However, you still have to retain that information when you take the test. So don't just do your homework and copy the answers from the back of the textbook. You actually have to learn how to do this. And I was very patient. Really, be patient with yourself. Take the time to really spend as long as you have to to learn that stuff. And that might mean reading back what you wrote down, really walking it through, spending time after class to, you know, spend time with your teacher to walk it through. I actually asked the teachers to do that. And it really helped. And other people did. And finally, make it cool. Flip the whole thing on its head. Make it cool. I think I saw a lot of people who I didn't think would stay after school, but they did. And because they were the cool kids, I didn't think that they thought studying was cool. And those paradigm shifts changed my whole life because rather than shying away from it, it was actually cool. You're the cool guy if you stayed after the study. And I stopped not doing it. I was incentivized to do it because it was cool. So I'm running out of time. Hopefully those tips helped. And I'll see you in the next uh, podcast. Please leave a rating and review. It really helps get this podcast out there. Peace.